As a real estate investor, wholesaler, here are some mistakes that you need to avoid. Intro. contingent or a due diligent period all right which means that within the time frame right you have the rights as a potential buyer to back out of the deal if you don't want to move forward to buy the property or in this case as a wholesaler if we can't find a buyer for the deal all right you must understand that because that's the biggest thing that holds that holds me back when i first got started and uh, i was afraid to put property up in a contract and because I was afraid, I was slow at, at pulling the trigger. So other investors came in and boom, scooped the deal away from me. You got to understand that after you talk to the seller, all right, you lock it up on a contract, all right? And within that time period, right, if you're up front with the seller, let the seller know, right, you have, hey, you're going to send your contract out to look at the property just to verify all the information, make sure it's correct. And if everything is correct, there should be no reason why we couldn't move forward to close on the property. Okay, and if they say, well, what if, what if you, there is issue comes up? Well, listen, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, if issue does come up, I want to let you know that we would go back, we will talk to you, all right, and we will discuss the issue with you. And if it makes sense for you, all right, we, we, can, we, we can talk about a new price and see if it makes sense for you and still be able to move forward to buy the property. But listen, you know, we do this all the time, and I want to let you know, that once we made an offer, we are very, very confident, 99% that we're going to be able to close on it. Unless there's some major things that come up on the property that you were unaware of or, you know, or you're unaware of that you didn't know and we end up having to find out, right? So now you're not telling them that they are lying or hiding something, but you say, hey, maybe you don't know and we're able to find out, all right? So you got to understand that. So when you tell the seller that, all right, so within that time period, you're able to walk away and back out. So when there is a potential deal, lock it up on a contract, all right? And then do more research because if you don't and you're debating, you're contemplating and you're like so worried, well, what if I can't find a buyer and this and that, and what's going to happen? You just call up the seller and say, hey, you know, we found this and this and this and this came up. You know, the repair seems to be a lot more. So unfortunately, we're not able to move forward to, the buy, to buy the property. Boom. And you're able to cancel the contract back out. And this works for property that are on the market or off market. It doesn't matter. A realtor understand that they're, you know, every single property buyer will have to inspect the property. All right. So whether it's on market or off market, you can use that contingent the same way. All right. Mistake number two. And that is I was so when I first started, I was also focused on chasing deals in ch instead of chasing profit. I'm, you know, I hear people say, hey, I'm working on three deals. I'm closing five deals, 10 deals this month. All right. And I was so caught up in that, that I was losing out on, right, other deals that I was working on that I could have got a bigger profit because I wasn't putting my attention on negotiating, locking the deal up, finding the, uh, finding a buyer that's willing to pay me more. Right. But I was so caught up on just deals, finding deals, more deals, next deal. You were you, like, you know what I mean? Because you got to understand in every single market is different. Some market, most average deal size are five to 10 K. Some market, you know, people are making between 20 to 25, 
30, 40, even 50K on one wholesale deal. So if they do 10 or 20 deals a month, that's a lot of money, man, right? But most, most area that are like that, your deals are very limited, right? Maybe you only do one or two or three deals or five deals a month, but your average deal size are like 20, 25, 30, 40K a piece versus someone in a market where they're making 2,500 bucks on a deal, 5,000 on a deal or 10,000 on a deal. And their good day, right? Like their home run is 15K on one wholesale deal. So keep that in mind. Don't chase numbers of deals, but focus on the spread and the profit. Now, if you're in a market that um, that has a smaller margin, right? Like you're, where the ARV is like, you know, 50,000, you can buy a house for 50,000, 60,000, 30,000, which means your wholesale fee are probably in that 2,500 to five, possibly 10,000. So you wanna now keep going on that market, but you wanna um, adjust and move into another market where your deal spread can be a lot larger. For example, in my market, man, our wholesale deals is between 20 to 25 G's, okay? So I don't need to do 20, you know, 20, 30 deals a month, all right, to get to six figure a month. Okay, mistake number three, and that is most people don't understand that before you grow and before you scale, you need to have systems and team in place. Otherwise, Otherwise, what's going to happen is you start spending a lot of money on marketing, but guess what? You're a one-man, one-woman show, so you're doing everything yourself. You're, you're working and hustling and grinding 12, 13, 14 hours a day, right? You're taking in, you know, right? You're taking the incoming call. You're responding to the outbound call, right? You know what I mean? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're taking incoming call. You're making cold call, and you market, uh, right? You market to find motivated seller. Then you got to talk to cash buyer. Then you got to market the deal. Then you talk to the title company. Yada yada yada, right? So before you scale, which means before you increase your money in marketing, because 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 listen, the big the bigger your business grow, depend on how much money you can spend on marketing. All right. So so your your business growth depending on that. How much money can you feed the beast? But before you do that, you must have system and team in place. So sometimes taking a step back is launching 10 steps forward. Because I made that mistake when I didn't have like really solid system and team in place, I was spending so much money and I couldn't handle all the leads that are coming in. So I was missing leads, you know, I was missing deal left and right. But also too is I was working so in my business so I was pumping out, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. You know, the goal is not to work harder, but when you have accumulated some money, it's time to work smarter, which means you got to put system and team in place. And a lot of times that require you to stick to take a step back, right? Because now you got to train them up. So within that training period, things are slowing down a little bit. But man, when you got when when you got them ready to rock and roll, boom, now it's just it's just gonna take off and it require less of your time. Mistake number four, and that is I didn't know that there's different types of buyers, which mean when I lock, so I, I go by the formula, which is we all use, right? ARV minus 30% minus repair, minus whatever we wanna make, that's come out to be our offer price. So anything, anything above that, right? Let's just say if I do the math and it doesn't fit that, right? Where the seller wants a little bit higher, 10,000, 20,000, I, I just, I just push it aside. What I should have done was I should have locked it up on a contract, 
Knowing what I know now, you can always go back and renegotiate the deal once you have a buyer. All right. So when you have a buyer and the buyer said, hey, that number won't work. Now you can go back to the seller and you can renegotiate. I didn't know that you can renegotiate. All right. And also, too, is listen, you got to understand as a business, you need inventory. So for us, inventories are these contracts, properties. If we don't have any inventory, how are we going to sell it? Right. We have nothing to sell. So if you have products and you put it out to the market and the people come to you and say, hey, that price is too high. Well, what would you pay? Now you have now you have a buyer. You have a products. You can always go back and renegotiate and turn that no deal into a deal. And I do it all the time now. All right. So I miss out on a lot of opportunities when I first started because I didn't know that is something that you can actually do. Also, too, is when I, I always follow the formula. And when I send it out, I send it out based on the formula. But what I didn't know is I didn't know that there's different type of buyers, which means there's buyers, the savvy investor, the ones that go to the RIA or the, uh, or the seminars, they know the formula. So when they buy properties, that's all they buy, right? It's 30% discount. But there are buyers out there that you got to understand. So you got to understand your market and you got to understand your buyers. That there are buyers out there that only needs a 20% discount a 25% discount. Some even only needs a 15% discount. So which means you can do ARV minus 20% minus repair minus whatever you want to make. And that should be your offer to the seller. So you see, once you understand your different types of buyers and what kind of profit they need to make, you can lock more deal up under contract because now you can come in with even a higher offer than a 30% discount. So it took me a long time, man, to actually figure that out because I was taught when I was going to the, you know, the seminars and, and, and the real estate event. I was, I, that's what I was taught, right? ARB minus 30% minus repair minus whatever you want to make. That should be your max offer to the seller. But now I'm able to lock more profit on a contract, not just by turning a no deal into a deal and go back and renegotiate. But now I know my market and I know my buyers. So I'm able to offer the seller a lot higher, right? Some sellers said, hey, 30% won't work, right? It's too low for me. So I creep up to the 25%, see if that works for them. And, and in a certain area where I know my buyer would buy it at a 20%, I would creep up and offer them, you know, a higher offer, right? Where, 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 where the number makes a lot more sense to them. So you guys, I hope that makes sense. And you got to understand, you know, there are general contractors or contractors, they go in, they're looking there for their first fix and flip. So they're willing to pay higher. And because all they're doing is they're buying the material and they're putting up their labor and labor is probably the most expensive, right? So that's why they're able to offer higher and buy at a higher price. So you got to understand that or a husband and wife looking for their first fix and fix 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 your upper to fix up and to live in and to live in for the next two or three years to, 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 uh, for appreciation, right? There's a mom pop that wants to buy a property for their kids. You see, I run into all of the situation and that's when it opens up my mind that, wow, there are people that have money sitting in the 401k, not just people that, that you think that, you know, just, just have cat. You know what I mean? That just have cash sitting in the bank. Or I guess what I'm trying to say is, I always thought that you got to go with the savvy investor, the ones that flip properties year round, right? They're doing three to four to five a month, 
Yes, it's great to work with those kind of cash buyer, right? But those are the ones that pays you the least. The ones that the ones that pays you the most is probably the one that only do a few a year, right? They 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 rehab one, they wait until it's finished, they take the cash back, and they do it again and again and again. Those are the ones that probably pays you the most. Is the one that actually buys it to lives in, all right, to, so they can get sweat sweat equity. All right, and then just wait two, three years from now for appreciation and then sell the property and then take that money and buy the next one. Those are the ones that's going to pay you the most. All right, so you got to figure out your buyers and very important is learn your market as well. So I hope this video added a lot of value to you. And if it does, please show your boy King Kong some love. Boom, smash the thumbs up. If you're new to the channel, boom, smash that subscribe button. And also to make sure you turn on the bell notification. So when I upload a new video or when I go live, which I do every single Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard for a live cold call role play where I jump on the phone with you to help you, to give you some tips, some advice, some feedback to improve your phone call. You're negotiating with the, the seller so you can convert more leads into actual deals, lock more property up on a contract, and most importantly, make that money. Until next time, you guys. Ciao.